We're only calling you Them Jeans today because the, because of the contents of this episode. Them Jeans is here. Jason Stewart has left the building. We're only here to talk about one thing <laughs> and one thing only. The electronic dance music community and the blog house era of the mid to late 2000s. It's one of your favorite subjects, Chris. It's arguably one of the worst dressed, ugliest time periods of our entire lives. Mm -hmm. And the music also sucks, but (laughs) it was a very popular thing that I was, of course, adjacent to and participate in to some degree. Obviously not to the degree that someone of your stature, a pillar in that community, a voice that needed to be heard, (laughs) um, uh, someone that pushed the culture forward in a way that can only be described as, as monumental. (laughs) <laughs> there's 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 justice there's lcd sound system um there's them jeans you, you, you know that's kind of how I, that's kind of how i look at it i don't know how you look at it that's that is that so you're saying that's your mount blogmore <laughs> <laughs> my mount blogmore which is of course being sold right now as an nft um yeah it's actually <laughs> it's you <clears throat> james murphy busy p and then, unfortunately, I know that the convention is usually four heads, but for this purpose, Justice is two members. I have to put them both. I can't just put the leather jacket guy. I can't just put the handlebar mustache guy. I have to put both. Mm-hmm. So what's uh, what's going on with you? Because I just finished playing some wet tennis. Yeah, that sounds. I was I was gonna say like that's that's kind of bad. It was bad. Did you? I hope. I mean, you have to be careful with that too, with your knee. Yeah, we were we were being careful. We we used a little like sponge squeegee foam roller on a stick type of thing to clean up the water. You know, you're kind of moving it around. It's not that big of a deal. But we kept it light. We didn't play any any uh any tournament to play we just kind of just did some rallying so there was no who is this with so this is my friend garrett oh okay okay i have a few friends i forget you have other friends i forget you have other friends besides me and people that i know i know many different white guys in glendale who are (laughs) also ceo mindset time frame you know we'll do 8 a.m no sweat it's no problem to get up early and kind of just let it rock yeah i understand that we were uh we were at the same tennis court yesterday with our friend of the show kobe arner we were we were shooting a little campaign for an upcoming collab that we have with a clothing brand called palms um they make high-end tennis gear Mm-hmm. so that should be coming out next year i think we got some shorts we have a shirt i think one of the looks that i went for was like prison yard tennis which i don't think is is something that i invented but i do think it's something i might have perfected prison yard okay so this is when you were wearing your your <laughs> your sweat your mad <laughs> your mad happy kind of <laughs> no. it was a little mad no, happy no, no. it was a little sporty and rich you know it was just kind of a monotone hunter green sports outfit <laughs> it was just as a matching sweatsuit i prefer to think of it as champion or gildan maybe a classic i don't think we need to bring mad happy we, we've given them enough shine this week mm-hmm. yeah i think i recall yesterday saying that you you had your <laughs> you you had your fit on which was girl who's about to get her period outfit it's not here yet but we're we're batting yeah. battening down the hatches because troubles come and storms are brewing i had to leave the bike shorts at home because i was feeling a little bloated so i had to throw on the, yeah exactly i had to, luckily i wasn't wearing any any sort of baby mama footwear you know i was wearing my my tennis shoes or my burks <laughs> instead of you know some easy slides easy yeah easy slides are like air max 95s in like a funny color 
um, is, is also that's more of a New York version, or of course the classic Tim's. Tim is a lot of shoe for that time of the month, if you ask me. And I, I know, yeah, that but you've never lived in a. Our, our listeners love when we sort of get on our male chauvinist <laughs> wave. Yeah, yeah, we got a we got a cool. Sometimes because of uh, a service called Chartbeat, we are forced to read the Apple reviews, and someone didn't get our sense of humor on the Camille episode when we were joking about bringing a man to your hen weekend to pay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they, ca- they thought that was chauvinist, but I thought that was... That just sounded nice to me. I like when people pay. I don't know about you, Jason. Kind of similar to when we had the episode with Jeff Wright where I was talking about um, receiving oral sex or a hand job <laughs> on the rides at Disneyland. And he was like, bro, just stop talking. Just please stop everything you say is worse and i'm sort of getting that flashback right now of of that as we continue to not beat the chauvinist charges with (laughs) our uh, continued line of conversation jason's gonna do a dime on chauvinism he's going he's going straight Mm -hmm. he's going upstate for a little while i don't know where you guys go here san quentin i don't i don't know what i don't know what the equivalent of upstate is the amount of work i put in i'm they they put me in alcatraz with the With the straight jacket on, they're putting they're putting Jason below Alcatraz. They're putting him below the prison. That's where he belongs. Damn, my ride or die. So I I, I know that um, Grinch Black. Did, is it true that you got your Christmas tree up? Yeah, your your. I'm sorry, your holiday tree. Yeah, it's a holiday tree. Um, yeah, it's up. It actually looks pretty nice. Unfortunately, I don't know why. Or I, I thought all Christmas trees gave off that the smell because that's the only benefit of having a Christmas tree. You got it. You got it done. This tree has no scent. And the, the, the young, also the place we got the tree, Mr. Jingles, um, <laughs> which is the coolest name, but these guys are making, these guys are making so much motherfucking money. It was, it's just crazy over there, but the, the guy, you know, it's kind of like a hot college movers vibe. Oh, okay. Like, okay. It's kind of like hot young guys. And then the checkout girl was fucking from New Zealand. It sounded like Kirsty Godso without abs talking to me about my, <laughs> my checkout. You know, <laughs> I'm like, God, I've only been here for so long. I, I didn't realize how big Christmas was. <laughs> And I was just like, yeah, take my card. Don't please do not talk unless you're telling me to do burpees. I can't hear this accent on any, on anybody else. We got we got heaps of 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 Douglas Fez. <laughs> heaps of Douglas Fez lined up. Well, the problem is there were like six or seven different kinds varietals of trees. Of course, sure. I don't know what any of this means nor do I care. And then the the but the the size is what we were, you know, and the the shapeliness and of course the thickness. Because <clears throat> you don't want, you know, mm-hmm. even though in, in most facets of my life I'm looking for um, thin. Yeah. Uh, when it, when it comes when it comes to a tree, you want that shit to be full. You know what I'm saying? You don't want those little gimpy branches. They can't. They couldn't support um, the lights or the or the baby's breath. We're going to add because it's an ornament free look this year. Ornament free. Yeah, I prefer that. It's chicer. Who the fuck does ornament free? A lot of people check out my Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so is this safe to say that this is the first time you spent a lot of money on tr- on some tree and it wasn't loud? Is that what is the that only what's going literally on the the only time? Except of course every year on your birthday when I buy a few trees, you know, to plant in your in honor. my name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bought you a few stars and then a few trees as well because I know that that's kind of you know sometimes sometimes gifts that are are you know they're they're small monetarily but they're big in heart it's not it's not the gift that i might want but it's the gift that mother earth needs exactly it's the gift mother earth needs so 
Yeah, it's it's this is not uh, Dude, I believe in that. Yeah, this this tree unfortunately is not from cookies and it is uh it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't even smell. So it really far, is far from stanky. So so is are you saying then my cuz I have a sustainable plastic tree? Uh, sustainable I, I think in your world, we would call that um, a fake plastic tree. I do have a fake plastic tree, but much like AstroTurf, the technological advancements mm-hmm. in their ability to duplicate a real tree. It's very close. It's very close. And then I'm also able to purchase some more non-biodegradable sticks that are, uh, it's like a hunter green oh, stick. You attach. And you kind of hide those in the branches of your Doug, of your Doug fair. Mm-hmm. And it puts off that beautiful smell. So every day I walk into my home, I'm I'm greeted with a wall of of dank. Luckily, thanks to thanks to longtime friend of the show Jake Davis, you know who put me on years ago to the Ralph Lauren holiday candle. Unfortunately, I do believe it's sold out. I haven't checked yet, but mm-hmm. that to me is the is the most cost effective way uh, without having to break out the Dyson for four and a half hours to clean up <laughs> needles. I think that's the best way to actually get the Christmas spirit going. So do you think now that you've already kind of experienced this for your first first time in your life, are you going to switch to synthetics? Are you going to switch to indoor instead of outdoor? <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I, I would like to, but then that requires like storage and stuff. And I, I did like the experience of going to buy it. I and mean, it's pretty funny. I, I, you know, I don't know. Everything's oh, just a joke good. for this podcast at this point. So throw it on the pile. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to do it. So well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into this more with our guests today. So we, we have, yeah, we need to know. Yeah. Lena, <laughs> Lena, Abascal is, is a friend of ours. She wrote a book called Never Be Alone Again, uh, How Blog House United the Internet and the Dance Floor. Um, so I think she'll be able to tell us um, what kind of Christmas tree uh, A-Track has in his house, which is kind of <laughs> what I'm going to base my kind of my new Christmas look on next year. But yeah, I, th- I think our friend A-Track, he, uh, as, a member, as a member of the tribe, I don't know if he's going to have a tree in his house. Yeah, but I no, I think he likes gentile chicks though, you know what I mean? <laughs> so he's probably he's probably got he's probably got a nice expensive menorah. He's got the gold, he's got the gold-plated techniques menorah <laughs> passed down <laughs> through generations <laughs> of the of this turntablist household. So shout out to A-Track, shout out to Chromio, shout out to to the god Dave. I bet Dave One's menorah is like, you know, mid-century. Maybe it's like a Mies van der Rohe. The menorah is draped in Eames black leather. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> there's, there's a little let's... rust on the base, but it's still in pretty good condition. I saw I did see that on Craigslist. Um, okay, let's uh let's give Lena a jingle and find out if Bloghouse is indeed the worst genre of music ever created. Hey, Jason, we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on. You're eating at restaurants you don't want to eat at all the time to appease myself and others. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to your health, health, there's no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who used your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or because they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance, so literally no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors very close to you and instantly book appointments with them online. Just like when I'm looking for new shoes on my sites, you can filter specifically, see which doctors take your insurance, 
located near you. Maybe find a doctor that's far away from you for personal reasons you don't want to disclose. I use ZocDoc, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com slash howlong and download ZocDoc for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash howlong. ZocDoc.com slash howlong. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. The best way to learn a language? Immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. One in five Americans uh, have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Chris and I are going to the country of Georgia in a month or so, and they have a very unique language. And I will be using Babbel to try and just get a little bit of action so I can know how to order my uh, cold, my cold brew lattes and things like that in a way uh, that's actually science-based. Don't spend hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Use Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons. They're handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new lingo in as little as three weeks. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash how long. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash how long, spelled B A B B E L dot com slash how long. Rules and restrictions may apply. Babel. I was trying to get into the holiday blog house spirit, so <laughs> I was, I pulled up Spotify. You, you, Great app. It's the not only the app that gives us lots of money, but it also killed Bloghouse, so it is a little bittersweet. Um, it it ruined my Z share lifestyle. But we were, you know, we were talking about, or sorry, you were talking about in in sort of the the intro of the book about how the name Bloghouse came. Uh, you know, and some people spell it H A U S as a little tongue in cheek thing, mm -hmm. and then it sort of is is beyond a genre. It's not just a style of music. It's sort of like oh yeah, it's yes. it's all encompassing the hair, the the clothes, the fashion, the attitude, the kind of punk rock spirit, or whatever. But I just typed in Bloghouse into Spotify, and there's an official Spotify playlist called Bloghouse that just has all the hits right there. A picture of you know Mastercraft looking extra white on the on the cover art. <laughs> yeah. It was all there. So it was, it's just so funny to see where it came from. Of like you know the dark corners of the internet and Mega Share and Z Share and MySpace 
profiles playing your songs and now you just type a word into your subscription music provider service and it's all there for you at the at the at the touch of your fingers i'm looking at it right now Bloghouse bedroom bootlegs and electro clash gems (laughs) i'm a little mad i wasn't paid to copyright that caption i'm just gonna say it (laughs) i think they went in-house unfortunately yeah i think they did go in-house but you know this this really you know i i of course wasn't as as deeply embedded in this world as the two of you um on this podcast but when i'm looking you know i recognize most of these songs but the fact that this playlist starts off with a song called let's make love and listen to death from above is incredibly dark <laughs> like they could have let it off with they just put just put something a little more popular is that a little too on the nose for you it, maybe it feels a little it feels a little too on the nose but i mean some of this stuff it does get pretty deep as i go into it though yeah i mean because during that time i i listened to death from above I made love, but never together. <laughs> never together. I don't like listening to music while I have sex. We can talk about my hot take on that another time. But I always thought that song name was really meta because like it wasn't like, oh, let's make love and listen to, you know, some artists from forever ago. It's like these are artists are coexisting at a similar level of fame at yes, the same yes, time. Yes, um, yes. So it's I just really thought weird. that was kind of silly. And, you know, if someone was to do that now, it would be a a tactic. <laughs> yes, 100%. It would be, yeah, it would be. A, and then also, you know, at that time, it's like, let's make love and listen to D'Angelo. Let's make love and listen to yeah. uh, some of Ursher's catalog, whatever it is, you know. Let's, some, not, let's not forget Maxwell Unplugged because the clapping kind of makes it feel good. <laughs> <laughs> the clapping? The clapping? No. Excuse you. Yeah, but 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 when you think of death from above, it's like this, like, you know, loud, rocking, intense, aggressive music, and it doesn't speak to me in terms of, uh, you know, sexual, sensual energy. It'd, oh, no. it'd be like, let's make love and listen to Machine Gun Kelly is sort of like a contemporary <laughs> version now, of There that. we go. Now Jason's showing his Even though he does bit. have some ballads that you can kind of rock to, you know what I'm saying? Uh, rock yeah, to, you, could, you could tear the Casper up to some of his... <laughs> to some of his slower tunes but jason put a dent in the casper listened to little huddy he's different (laughs) he's different jason's different yeah them them jeans built different (laughs) yeah lena i also said before we started that it's important that we only refer to to um my co-host as them jeans during this episode oh okay please respect that he because he's reliving his his kind of heyday here today and i want to keep him in that fantasy oh yeah i mean you jason is the sorry them jeans is honestly <laughs> a very unique case study in the the Spotify killed bloghouse, but Spotify helped not birth, but let the pod thrive. So you're full circle, baby. I got fucked and then I did some fucking to death from above. Yeah, exactly. From a bottom to a top. Thank you, Spotify. <laughs> from a bottom to a top of them jeans story. <laughs> uh, did you, did you, did you, Lena, did you, so, you know, you're familiar with, with, with Jason's work yeah. now in, in, in the blog house heyday. How many times did you have to, I'm not going to say suffer through, but endure a them jeans set before maybe a more famous DJ would take the ones and twos. This is not even me sucking up to the pod. Like I was down. I mean, like I, I was a, a frequenter of Cinespace turned Dimac Tuesdays turned Dimac studios. So I've seen many of them jeans set. Mm-hmm. I would say over 20, 25 more than that. <laughs> 
Wow. But then also in later brands, BonCon party iterations. I was at the <laughs> Roosevelt, John and Vinny's party. I, I'm, I'm following Jason. <laughs> you're not new to this. You're true to this. I feel like Jerry Garcia right now. Okay. And, you, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and it, wasn't, uh, yes. it wasn't an endurance test. It wasn't suffering through. You may have actually enjoyed a little bit of it is what you're I saying. I enjoyed it. And I mean, I was, I was a youth, so I was getting there pretty early. So mm-hmm. I, my story would line up with what I told my parents because you can't leave the house at midnight no. if you're saying that you're like sleeping out of friends on the weekday. You got to leave true. at like six. So then we're getting at the party at like 9, 30, 10. Two hours in the parking lot with your with your sparks or whatever it is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Damn, you, had, you really had to watch Jason stretch his legs then. That's rough. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want to see him for the first 20. Before he smokes a cigarette, no one wants to see him DJ. That's true. Well, Lena, before we move on, you were saying that you have a rule where you don't listen to music while you're making love and you have a take on that. It's not a rule. I just, I don't know. I always hear people talk about like their sex playlist. And then I was talking with my group chat. I'm like, do people really do that? Like you stop and put on a playlist like once you're getting heated or is it like the music happens to already be on? Yeah. I just don't do that. Like I didn't do it when I was having rando sex (laughs) or any of my relationships or the relationship I'm in now. Like we live together. So it's, it's different, I guess, but yeah, I really you guys don't just have like, sex I know, I know. Yeah, you just keep insecure on in the background. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm more <laughs> like that. But some of the shows are like, I don't know, if we're watching like Thousand Pound Sisters, it has to be turned off. <laughs> but if it's like, if it's insecure, I can maybe vibe with that. <laughs> hey, babe, we, babe, you got to turn that off. I can't. I can't. Not tonight. I don't, not I don't tonight. know which show out of Thousand Pound Sisters are insecure I'd be able to last longer at. It's sort of a toss up at the moment. But yeah, you're you're right. There is. It's sort of like you either have to stop as things are heating up and be like, hold on a second, babe. That's corny. And then you pull out your, you know, you pull out your, your musical device or whatever it is. You put it, I mean, imagine putting a record on the turntable. I keep an Adele clear 12 inch available exclusively at Walmart right next to the bed <laughs> for this, for this exact purpose. So you're crazy, but I get it. I think, but, the, but even what's, what's worse or potentially what is creepier or is like, being uh premeditated with that playlist to where you're like all right that's what i'm saying in about 45 minutes i I, if i time this right you know i'm going to be inserting my penis or so right around now (laughs) so then you know this playlist can hopefully start off and then you gotta we're just gonna listen to some rye as we have our our wine and then you know it's gonna turn into this and that like you mean like a playlist is crafted like it starts out with like some hip hop classics and just like a them jeans, just like a them jeans mixtape. There's an arc to it. There's a beginning, there's a middle and an end. And you, you want to mm-hmm. try and get that sweet spot, you know, first gear, second gear, you know, you got to figure out the RPMs, the torque. Just, just for an, ex, just for, to kind of give our listeners the full experience. I think tonight, maybe put on shooting stars by bag Raiders and just see what oh, happens. You, you know what You know what I mean? Let's just see. Let's just see how it goes. The fact that you know, that song, Chris is a little, yeah, you know more than you think. Guys, you know. I don't know that fucking yeah. song. I'm looking at the playlist and read Damn it. it. Come on, lie to me. I don't want to. I don't want to know about this. As I much. honestly I mean, think that was more in the Chris Black universe, though. It's it's there's guitars. You know, in another world, they could have played Warped. They're from Australia. <laughs> I think you might like it. That's a good point. <laughs> and they're good. They're good people. Close, close, old, old, old Facts. pals of mine. Just had dim sum with one yeah, of them. Great guys. <laughs> yeah. So now, have you been? Has this diving back into this world for you? Because you've been working on this for a little while, right? Yeah. It's been you know touch and go for a minute with COVID. But yeah, I mean, the last year was a lot of logistical stuff and kind of edits and whatnot. Spoke with Jason around the summertime, but it's been a long time. How do you feel like 
since you're so close to it? I mean, Jason is as well, but do you think this music has aged well or does it immediately just transport you back to that time? Yeah, it definitely transports me back to that time because I have so many like vivid memories associated with a song or with an artist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it, um, much of which didn't get uploaded to Spotify because, you know, it had uncleared samples or mashups or some remix of a remix of a remix. Sure. The sound quality is absolute trash, but um, damn, I didn't think about that because Jason's Z Trip white labels sound pretty good. So I don't, I don't know if he collects this. I stuff. got lucky with that. Stuff. Yeah, that's good. So you're saying the, so you're saying the sound quality of a of a remix of a remix of a remix from Hype Machine isn't great. No, but that's not speaking to like you know culturally does it withstand the test of time i'm saying even on a simpler level a lot of it sounds bad but a lot of these songs i think are still bops if i heard day and night while like i don't know shopping at the americana i would be like "Ooh, i'm vibing (laughs) i mean day and night is a fucking classic exactly i hate i hate to give it up to them but yeah i mean i do think that's interesting though that you're right like Remix of a remix of a remix was really what this was kind of about, yeah. which is very strange. I don't feel like that that continued or existed. I, I, before. Well, I I disagree. I disagree. I think in the in the hip hop community, because you know the blog house era happened at the same time where I mean the 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 main reason why it was able to exist was people were able to create music on their thousand dollar laptop that they got on craigslist with some bootleg software (sighs) true and it obviously doesn't sound you know like it was recorded at abbey road but it sounds good enough compared to what other you know professional musicians with tons of gear are making so that part was that part was kind of cool and then you were able to just hey i made the song and now lil uzi's gonna hop on it or lil wayne's gonna or whatever in so that was starting to happen at that same time but most of those songs really like I was trying to think of earlier, like what you guys are talking about, like things aging well or not aging well. Like we heard Kid Cudi day and night crookers remix. So like way too many times for any song, mm-hmm. but that's, that's one of the, a handful of songs in my opinion that has sort of still stood the test of time where it's like, it doesn't just make you cringe to death. Totally. I mean, I think what you said about hip hop makes a lot of sense. Like the idea obviously sample culture, mixtape culture, like hip hop songs getting special features from an artist in a certain city. Mm-hmm. So that radio station will play that song out. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. you got, if you're exactly. trying to get on hot 97, like you need to get someone from New York on your song, even if it's that's, 20 that's seconds. That's right. That's right. We've tried to get Bobby Schmurter on this podcast and he has not returned our phone calls. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I've been working on young MA, but yeah, that's, that, that's a good point, Lena, with like the, the whole hip hop thing of the regional, you know, we, we got to get like that, that happened so much. And it was also in the same time and the same, you, you acquired these songs in the same way, which was like, you know, underground DJ pools and message boards and blogs, because if an amazing, you know, crazy bop comes out and Atlanta's like, I'm not playing this. And then as soon as the Andre 3000 version of it comes out, everyone's like, Oh fuck, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is it. This is it. And it was never officially released. It was just for the DJs only. So you'd have to go on some website and then suddenly, you know, a kid in Albuquerque could have this song that, you know, only, you know, a select few of people have access to. Totally. Like, I mean, it, it definitely has a lot of parallels there. Like I don't, um, I stream music now as most of us do. I'm not a DJ, so I don't have, my, and I'm not a vinyl collector, so I don't buy music in that way. But my iTunes library is like old blog house cuts and then like Drake Lucy's. Like shit that you just mm-hmm. can't stream anywhere that gets Damn. taken down. I don't really own mm-hmm. music. I have like, you know, a couple hundred songs. Yeah. Yeah. But 
you know, it's stuff that it's like, uh, I can only have the hard MP3. There's no link. The hard file. Yeah. And you can never let go of those. I'm saying I brought it from, I just got a new computer. My boyfriend was helping me move all the stuff. He's like, you want this? And I was like, don't ask me that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask questions. Just fucking try. Yeah, I mean, it's not not like with your old vinyl collection where you're like, all right, well, I'm never going to see this again. So I'm going to go dump it on Discogs or go to Amoeba and sell it all. Like these are... You know, they're not only are they priceless, they're also worthless. Yes. So it's sort of like it's sort of like it, it feels criminal to to delete them because you know, there's it's not hurting anyone to own it. It's not really going to kill you. It's fucking 340 mil- megabytes worth of MP3s. That's nothing, but Exactly. You just can't let it go. It's But it's really funny. It's really funny because I think every person is in the same position unless they're like a real audiophile. It's like your music ownership stopped when you got apple music or spotify and it's like a full-time capsule if you look at it mm-hmm. yeah a hundred percent i i definitely have some drake lucy's that i'm proud of exactly i don't even know where you buy music at like if i wanted to buy an mp3 i don't even know how to you do can that. you can don't worry you can do that on apple music it's great it's a great service i don't support Bandcamp, but yeah i mean but it's <laughs> but the apple music <laughs> file is like you know, it's, Bro, it's, it ain't, lossless, it ain't that it's lossless spatial audio. What do you mean? Yeah, no, that shit <laughs> stepped on. It's stepped on by by Tim Cook. Bandcamp or Beatport? Yeah, that's true. That no, no, no I we would. had um we had one after party on our tour and Jason DJed in Chicago. Mm. I could just tell, you know, there was a lot of issues. He had a lot of issues transferring the music. I could just tell <laughs> he was out of practice in this way. But then, as soon as them jeans got behind the decks, mm. it it was like it was Riding like a we, bicycle. Exactly, it was like we were in Cinespace and Kanye was wearing shutter shades and Dano was drunk <laughs> and and mm-hmm. and Steve Aoki was like you know letting him borrow headphones. It was. It was just it was a beautiful it was a beautiful sponsored by adidas and svetka it was a beautiful <laughs> it was a beautiful thing to see you, you know what i mean but a lot of these people you talk to for the book yeah they they still do this professionally right yeah absolutely i mean i think there's a, a lot of them almost all of them are still musicians some of their music has obviously changed style or they're in a new group sure. or you know they're now the sole member of a duo they used to be in um but a lot of the musicians are still doing stuff some of them, you know, at a much bigger scale than they were at the time. Think A-Track, Steve Aoki. And then some were bigger then than they are now. Mm, hate to see that. I would say most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah and then some that. people like, you know, the promoters or like the non-producer, just DJ, club DJ people. There, A lot of them are sort of like in media or, you know, uh, brand Podcasters. Stuff. Exactly. Like. DJs became it. rock stars, and now we're in this podcast as rock stars thing. <laughs> we are not in that. You may be in that. I don't know who you're friends with. I thought I mean, you were the one on tour. Yeah, we're on tour, but it sounds, like, it sounds like you're texting with Joe Rogan or some shit. We ain't, you know, we ain't really on our <laughs> rock star swag. But I think that the I'm trying to think of who like really crossed over. You, you know what I mean? As far as like they have a full career now, besides like Aoki and A Track. I'm sh- are there. Are there people I'm not thinking of that like fully crossed over? I would say Calvin Harris yeah. did a full crossover. True, true, true. Because he used to make these little kind of disco-y, like kind of quirked up cutie songs about dancing around, and now he's fucking superstar. I knew that he used to be not as good looking, but that's what money does. But I wasn't facts, new teeth. Who this? I wasn't yeah. sure. I wasn't sure. Yeah, you should have asked these DJs. So how many of you guys? Yeah, have he, had used work to, he used to. He used to. He used to sing. Yeah, I saw him sing live. He would play live instruments. Like he would play all what? like guitar and bass on all of his songs and make these kind of like twee, like disco y, like Scottish disco songs. And he, you know, he had like 
85 pound hairless chest and now he's like a fucking <laughs> yeah calvin klein underwear model yeah, J- jason doesn't like that they they you know kind of came up together they look he's is he a tall guy he's a tall man not yeah, as tall he's tall as he's tall but he's a little more cut you know what i'm saying and that that is what drives jason that's why jason was on the tennis court this morning at 8 a.m mm. he's constantly trying to catch calvin well this pod is my fitspo so i get it yeah you understand <laughs> you know how it is but i think that <laughs> I think Jason. I think that maybe you're. It's a fool's errand for you to chase Cal. I think he has more resources than you. Well, for me, for for Calvin and I, it's it's a quantity versus quantity. Like Calvin definitely got more attention from you know the men and the women of the world, but mm-hmm. I don't know if he's having sex with cool people. You know, I wonder. He's having sex with some like. Victoria's Secret models or something <laughs> yeah, like that. It must suck. I'm waiting for the reveal here. I'm like, uh. I'm, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, hold on. Whereas I better? is having sex with some very cool sixes and sevens. Okay. Ah. Uh. Well, I think. Ah, uh, yes. I think that. I think that Calvin Harris, though, I, it's funny because, like, I, I feel like I don't know anything about him. Like, he has zero personality. Like, I know nothing about him. I just know he's got giant songs. I couldn't tell you what his voice sounds like. I couldn't tell you if he has any other interests. Hey, what what do you need to know? He made We Found Love featuring Rihanna. He got Bob. caught uh <laughs> the ultimate Bob. He got caught at a massage parlor in Silver Lake many years ago. You remember that one, Lena? Yeah, he dated Taylor Swift. She dated Taylor Swift. What? Did he really? <laughs> he did a lot of shit. Damn, man. are you saying that DJ Calvin Harris smashed Taylor Swift? Or you think she maybe it was too short and she didn't let him hit? No, they were in like a legitimate relationship. Like that was like public. It was in the tabloids. When all the was, time. How do I? How do, how do I, a tabloid queen? It's a good question, Chris. This. You should know this more than us. That's embarrassing. I apologize to both of you for that. <laughs> I, I really do. That's really bad. That's really bad. God, we found love is so good. It's Jason's favorite song. <laughs> it's so good. Well, yeah, whenever I DJ a wedding, that's always the most massive always by far song of the night does that beat um the robin song dancing on my own yeah i feel like dancing i feel like dancing on my own is such a big that always goes that's off a single well. girl it's song. a single yeah it's a single that's girl true. song you know it's an ugly girl song hey a, I'm not, why, you're not ugly why are you why? i'm just i never thought of it as the ugly song i'm just defended on principle well why why are these people dancing on their own lena there might be a bit more nuance no no jason's a philosophical cat but he sees things just because level. robin's voice is female um identifying doesn't mean that it's just for <laughs> ugly women it's ugly guys that's true ugly non-binaries ugly pets and animals in the club i have an ugly pet <laughs> yo off top i got an ugly pet <laughs> Play that song for him. Maybe it'll be like finally seen AF. Yeah, when she's like, I'm in the corner, you're like, Yeah, I'm in the corner too, but um I'm watching you kiss a small white plastic bag instead of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what your ass is doing, Chris. Yeah, that is true. I'm in the corner licking a ziploc. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's where I keep my belly button ring. You know that's a jewelry bag. Don't, uh, don't oh, those are my that. headache powders. Moon <laughs> uh, juice powders. I don't my think. Ju- my yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, we would be remiss not to speak about drugs and alcohol because the only way this music was tolerable was cocaine, Molly, and Svedka. <laughs> so, I mean, is that is that something that you, you're acknowledging, or these these DJs acknowledge, or do we try to act like that wasn't part of the equation? Nobody denied that. <clears throat> I didn't even bother asking everyone straight up, but no, in the book, I definitely make some jokes about, you know, sparks and other beverages of God the time, two ninety nine canned beverages. 
Um, there was a lot of sponsored vodka parties there. Um, there was definitely drugs. Like this was, this is like some banger party, <laughs> banger party music. I was talking to someone about how the idea that like being healthy is cool <laughs> when you contrast yeah. it to like at this era, every it girl was like, you know, heroin chic, but then like cokehead oh, in the club. It's so good. Such a oh, different it's the look. Best. Such a I miss it. Look. I miss it every day of my life. <laughs> it's 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 something that I think about all the time. You know, the drugs or the look. All of it. Now <laughs> now all we got is like yoga enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Drink more water. Yeah, the, you know the, what I mean? The it's phrase not- fentanyl chic hasn't hit for Chris yet. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing that yet. Unfortunately, heroin chic, yes. Fentanyl chic, not so much. I mean, that is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that this was a very. It was a very heady time, drug wise. But I guess that. I mean, that's just going out in general in this era. It didn't really matter what the what the music was. I think to an extent, or maybe that's just our age. It may, maybe it's a combination of both. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think a lot of people associate going out with getting fucked up, and I think that's fine and normal. But with this era, I was talking with Jason. There's this quote in the book I love. When he he compares people commuting national like domestically internationally to L.A. to party the way people now fly to Ibiza, like it was the mecca of partying. Damn, that's crazy because there were parties on Monday through Sunday, like a popping yeah, party like every, every Monday. That's not really a thing now. No, no, it's definitely not. No, I mean that is true, and I've I've talked to Jason about this too, specifically about dad. Thanks, Biden. About dad. Yeah, this is Biden's America. We can't party on Monday. Uh, but we, I've talked to Jason about this specifically about LA because like the Daft Punk thing was just not that big in New York. Like it just wasn't the same where it was like here. That's all anybody talked about. They could do 30,000 people at a stadium. Yeah. Like that was the most glaring example to me. But like I, I didn't even think about LA being like because it was a lot of Europeans coming here, right? Yeah. A lot of people from Paris. But yeah, I think New York was kind of still in that LCD post strokes era. A little bit more so. Yeah, I, I think Coachella played a big part in the reason why oh, LA was shit, such a you're big right. mecca for everything. Totally, because you it'd be a, it'd be a twofer. You come in for Coachella and then you play a bunch of parties. Yeah, that, that's right. When Coachella switched to two weeks instead of one week, so every single DJ in the entire world, every band, you know, the coolest people in the world, all had a week off in LA and nothing to do, and they're like, "We're still on coke." So, like, where can I DJ? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, what are we doing? I think also I've like a lot. proximity to Hollywood. Like, you know, there were The Hills is airing and like Lauren Conrad and friends are at this club mm. called Ledoux. Now we're like, talking. Yeah, exactly. And But then across the street from Ledoux, you have Moscow, the Bloghouse Club. But sometimes oh. these <laughs> sometimes these celebs <laughs> oh, that's rough. These parties like and the this the what is it? Banana Split Sundays. DJ AM's bringing these like a not a list, but you know what I mean, like us weekly type celebs. Mm-hmm. Those people didn't live in New York. DJ AM, may he rest in peace. Legendary stickman, legendary stickman. That's true. One of the greatest of all. One of the greatest of all time. I've never seen somebody do so much with so little. It's unbelievable. He made, he made me look at Nicole Richie with a new set of eyes. <laughs> it really I was is. Like, huh, I get it now. I mean, I think that the yeah, the Hollywood thing is is very is is cool, and it makes things feel much more glamorous than they are. Yeah. Oh, much more than they were. And now Hollywood is just, you know, nasty. I don't know. Nobody, nobody. Influencers? (laughs) Nobody that comes to, I mean, well, West Hollywood, yeah, that's, you know, influencer TikTok zone, but like. Thank you. Proper Hollywood, Hollywood, like. No one goes there. It's, yeah, nobody goes there at all. But back in the day, it was, you know, like it would be a Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, you know, hanging out at all these spots. And now none of those people would be 
they don't even want to drive on the street, let alone park and get out of their car. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah. disgusting. So you guys, yeah, there's not even a valet for the Bentley truck anymore. Times have really You're changed. You're on your own. Times but but also, really- when I, I, I just got the book in the mail yesterday. Thank you for sending it through. Yeah, so I haven't had time to finish it yet. But what, one interesting point that you meant that is that could be uh, helpful to Chris gaining some more understand understanding of this was you you mentioned the tv show the oc mm-hmm. where i think it was like 2005 there was an episode where they would start playing you know lcd sound system and these other bands and then also they had the live music element where there would be like modest mouse and the killers are playing and they're kind of yeah. playing like this dance and that's when modest mouse was doing mm-hmm. float on and it kind of was like that was a song that we could play in the club so like all of that groundswell was happening on like a national television show. Like imagine watching like a teen drama nowadays and the killers is playing live. Like that would never happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. no I mean there was really built wouldn't. into the OC because they would go to this venue and some of them worked there, so they yeah. had all these special guests. Even Bright Eyes was on it, which obviously is its own universe. <laughs> really? But yeah, happening concurrently with this. And then it's not a surprise. The OC was made by the same people that made Gossip Girl, which also had a much very blog housey soundtrack. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it's like we're all listening to rock. And I'm, t- I'm speaking for the U.S. Obviously, Europeans be raving yeah. and have stayed raving. But, you know, in the U.S., like bands are the coolest thing in the world. Guitar music, four or five piece bands. God, thank God. <laughs> I'm just getting missy. I just thinking about it. God damn it. And then to sort of bridge the gap into what ends up being Bloghouse and how you end up with something like Bloody Beetroots or whatever. These bands get a little dancier. They start getting remixed by DJs. And that's like, oh, I like bands. I'll listen to a soul wax remix of a band I like, or I'll listen to the a tracks remix of the yeah, yeah, yeah. like a rock band that I like. Yeah. And then I start checking out the DJ on their own. I mean, it feels like this crazy a and R technique, which it is now, but a lot of it was just a way to get new listeners. And like, I was, I was coming out of like really loving emo screamo, and also like indie rock. But then I started listening to stuff like the faint, the rapture, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. I'm like, okay, this is bands, but it's dancey. And that was my bridge. Rapture house of jealous lovers. I would say holds up completely. Yeah. Great. Unbel- unbelievable it's song. Unbelievable song. song. But yeah, but the, the faint, I mean, the faint's interesting. Cause that was like basically a band that played with hardcore bands mm. when I was growing up. Like I saw them play with like big hardcore bands and it was always like, cool to like that because it was kind of weird but those songs were actually pretty good yeah i really like, it was like it. a pretty it was pretty successful you know what i mean for what it was but that that being kind of the precursor but yeah it's interesting so so basically djs once again ruined rock music for me <laughs> so it's just nice to now now i have to share i have to share the spotlight with one we we split money and stuff and i but i deeply you know i i I hate him. It's unfortunate. Oh, sorry. We were talking about the faint. And also in the book, you sort of mentioned the word debaucherous a couple times. And I think that word is sort of like the, the, the linchpin for how all of this worked with rock music and bands and DJ culture, which used to be completely segregated. And then it started coming together through debaucherous activities. Like you would have, you would go to a hardcore show and it would be only dudes wearing cargo shorts and and just like punching each other. And then when the faint would start playing, then you'd have a bunch of girls there because they liked it. Mm-hmm. So then it's certainly it's sort of be not it was it was not just about stage diving. 
it was also about kind of partying because it was like party music and everyone was like, well, you know, these guys are making like cocaine music, so I'm going to start doing cocaine. And then then it was sort of much more debaucherous where you could still like mosh around and have a crazy time. I think like uh, Murder City Devils sort of had a little bit of that as well, not so electronic. But electronic music was very druggy, but it wasn't so debaucherous. It was just like a little serious and it was like we have our thing and we're just here to dance and and vibe and be on our own. And then this style of music came around and it's like, oh, I'm going to like stage dive and kick people and, you know, just like a full debaucherous rage going on. Totally. I mean, I think at the same time of like people are listening to bands and maybe, you know, they want something new. The people in the U.S. that were listening to dance to dance music, it was like not as accessible. Like maybe you're like a techno head and you're finding these underground raves mm-hmm. or like you're into happy hardcore or whatever subgenre you're into. But by no means was it cool in any way. And I'm not <laughs> no. saying like every single person, you know, I'm generalizing it wasn't considered sexy. It wasn't fashion adjacent in any way. No. I make jokes in the book. Like mm-hmm. think about Eminem saying like nobody listens to techno. And he doesn't mean the genre of electronic music techno. He means nobody listens to DJs dance music. Yeah. And it's like now every bro in college in America is going to cross festival. Mm-hmm. Like things have changed, but I feel like Bloghouse did that. Bloghouse made dance they play music more heads will roll. <laughs> they, they play Karen O at like football games, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, what's that blur song song too? Like that's just like, yeah, they play the blur song at all. A lot of sporting events. Yeah. yeah it's, you're it's, right. It's anthemic, but yeah, but it all is sort of rooted in, being debaucherous just like i need to i need Mm -hmm. like this normal level of turning up is not enough for me i need to turn up even more and then you know luckily sparks was there to make it all happen thank god i mean it's also i i said this earlier to jason and we've talked about this era a lot on this podcast but i i will say that it's probably the ugliest people have ever been (laughs) um as far as like haircuts clothing a lot of choices like like it's even now you see some of these people you're like oh you're actually pretty good looking but you just were you had such bad style at this time yeah and they were younger then and they look better now exactly it's not even your fault though but it's like Chris you know, just the, wanted to give the Crystal Castles girl a bath just like <laughs> yeah seriously yeah yeah spray her down but I mean I, it wasn't the look the is, hottest time. no it's it's funny because it, it is so debaucherous like like you guys are saying, it totally is. But everybody like looks like shit. But of course, you don't realize that at the time. But that's sort of the fun part. Like you would see these pictures of parties, and there's like people sweating, their makeup getting fucked up, like someone's glasses are broken, and now it's all like so posed and perfect and edited. And again, there's a lot of sh- time stuff about this time that I don't think is cool and wouldn't want to repeat. But like when I see that, I'm like, oh, this felt so like raw in a way that I thought was so cool. And as a teenager, I'm like, I need to be part of this. No, totally. I think I think that's I think that's real. And I think that's just a classic kind of pre social media situation. You know what I mean? Where totally, it's like, totally. It's just punk. It's punk. It was very punk. You look you look at a you look at an old photo of Black Flag playing in, you know, 83 or whatever. Like nobody is hot there, but it's everyone looks so cool yeah yeah they do look cool but people thought they were hot i'm not gonna say they were like above that people were definitely trying doing some insane like Mm -hmm. all over yeah an american apparel (laughs) bodysuit did a lot of heavy lifting and um you know i i I would literal it was the it was the original skims yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know how uh how successful that was but i think the the rise and fall of american apparel is is completely 
you know, parallel to, to the rise and fall of Bloghouse. <laughs> 1,000%. I actually had a section about that in the book that I ended up taking out because I just feel like there's so much to say. It's yeah, that's like a whole, that's book. a whole like documentary. Because you can't get into it without like really getting into all of the legality that happens towards the demise and then like the resurgence of like California or LA apparel, whatever it is. So I ended up taking it out, but it was still interesting to just shed light on that. And that was some of those conversations were like the club girl, it girl, like party photographer that I ended up having in a different section, but you're totally right. I mean, the biggest things that I can take away from this that aren't like music related are Corey Kennedy, the Cobra snake and American apparel. (laughs) Those are like the three, those are the three main things that have nothing to do with music that like stuck around. But like, I would argue like, does everyone really know who that is? Or are we in a bubble smaller than we realize? Corey was someone I really wanted to get in the book and I reached out to her and it ended up falling through, but she's in it in reference from a piece like that I didn't write. So she's like quoted from something she got interviewed for at the time, but we went to high school at the same time, both in LA. So we were like in the Palisades village at coffee bean, living these parallel <laughs> lives. Bean. Damn. Um, but I don't yeah. think that many people know who that is. Sugar free, sugar free frap. <laughs> it's not a frap there. It's ice blended, but yeah, sugar free ice blended. I'm sorry. That's my <laughs> disrespect. Jess. You're from California, bro. Uh, look, respect. I fucked up, man. I'm sorry. No, I, I think that, I think that you're right. I think that Corey Kennedy is, is the thing that is pretty small in the scheme of things, but I think anybody that obviously, but I think it's coming back because you know, the younger, the, the, the next generation or the current sort of, Gen Z uh, generation is sort of like using Tumblr, you know, this thing that we would do all the time as like a way to look back, you know, that's like looking at old magazines or whatever, like Tumblr culture and Tumblr aesthetic is like, or like a type of person, you know, like if you were there, then you speak this language that nobody else sort of spoke. Yeah, it's like a a subculture. I mean, I think with Corey, it's an interesting thing because like, sure, cool slash hot girls and dudes and and they's and everyone have been like famous for being famous forever. Like you could, mm-hmm. you know, have studio 54 or whatever, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's interesting that, you know, she and her peers were popping at this time and they were very much online. Like she had her blog, MySpace, whatever, but never made the transition to our current influencer Yeah, because now it's like, if you're not willing to be a business, I don't really think it will work. Like no, you can be right. as cool and hot as possible, but there's no one Thank following you. you around with a camera. Yeah, I got <laughs> no, that's um, true. So this was the last. This was the last era where you're able to do that, and you know, just be an actual, real, authentic, cool it girl person, and not have to, you know, be like this is, you know, sponsored by Coach Bags post or something like that to yeah, make a living. Yeah, that, that's the fucked up part is that it girl, you know, historically means like. I'm hot. I don't care. And I might come for money. Those are the, th- those are the three, the three defining factors. And now like to make money as an influencer, you have to really care to the point where it's embarrassing. Yes. So I think that, exactly. I think, so when you add that, when you add that factor in, it's kind of impossible to, to like have the same kind of laissez faire. But those, attitude. those girls, those it girls, it people in general do exist, but they're not, you know, they're not national figures the way no. the way that some of these other people were can you imagine Corey kennedy like talking to camera about her latest cleanse exactly you know what i mean it's like <laughs> the least cool thing in the world you have to do embarrassing like talking to the camera on to sell something is probably the most embarrassing thing you can do but it's like you have to do it that's part of the deal now you know and it's like i think there was also the the mystery of her you, you specifically her you saw all these pictures of her all the time 
and there wasn't much else, which is pretty powerful. Yeah, you're you're drawing your own conclusions. It's really mysterious. It's, yeah, it's hard to justify being mysterious now when you have every brand up your ass being like, make us this content, do this Q and A. Yeah, I think it's also worth saying like, like there are cool people. Like take someone like a Paloma Elsesser, like Palomita, that actress, or sorry, that model. Like she's cool as hell, downtown New York person. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like she's so much more famous than someone like a Corey. Because I feel like during this era, brands really figured out how to take advantage of influencers instead of traditional capital T talent, and they didn't know how to do that at this time. Like there was no blueprint. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, we're gonna have you do this campaign on your stories with a cross post to this, and you're gonna go to this event. It's like yeah. there is literally a blueprint. I mean, I do ad work, like brand stuff, like these pitch decks have these people in it. That just it's a plan. Exist. It's a yeah, yeah. No, it's a plan. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Corey Kennedy ending up on the cover of, you know, nylon magazine was based like an accident. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> Yeah, and she doesn't make money from that. No, definitely not. There definitely. was very little money in this, <laughs> which I think is also funny. We know, we know. Jason, that's <laughs> yeah. why that, that's why Jason's so cheap today. You know what I mean? He was so dedicated to to the blog house lifestyle that it's it's unfortunately uh directly affected his spending habits, I think. I'm forever triggered whenever <laughs> Whenever I pull out the Delta Amex. When he has to pay for a drink, he's just... He's oh, yeah. Just, Paying for yeah. a drink at a club, that is... That ain't right. That is so... Yeah, I, I went to see Diplo in Vegas a couple months ago when <laughs> when my girlfriend and I went out there. And I just remember, like, I'm, like, standing at the bar. Who who stands at a bar and orders a drink? Like he, <laughs> And it was, like, 50 bucks. And, yeah, yeah like, let me get two yeah, fucking yeah, Patron and sodas or whatever, and it's $49. He's and, padding his pockets, and he's like, wait, there, I thought I had drink tickets, but it's Phantom. It's like Phantom <laughs> Limb. this was an open bar sponsored by Scion. <laughs> Where's my Hornitos? Wait <laughs> yeah, wait a second. This is fucked this up. This doesn't happen to me. Oh, it's so that's so funny. But, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think that this is – it was it – was, the element of like MySpace being the the only thing, really, the yeah, predominant yeah. thing that really drove like the whole ship, but that not being on our phones and phones not being part of it really mm-hmm. does change the whole equation. And that does, I mean, I think that like that's why mystery was still available to someone like Corey or even even DJs. It's like, I mean, you know, there wasn't so much press, there wasn't so much this or that. So it's like you see this guy, he looks cool, you listen to his music, you like his music, he does a couple interviews here and there, but it's not like you're fucking seeing him, you know, with his dog at the park. You don't, you don't know what he had for breakfast today. And that's, and that's sort of why, and that's, that's why like Cobra snake was so important is every time, you know, like every time a a party would happen where it's like, Oh shit, you know, Daft Punk DJ that's in a space last night or whatever it is. Whenever that happens now, everyone in the world knows about it and they're seeing it all happen in real time. In real time. And then back then it'd be you, you would you wouldn't know it happened until the next day when photos were only available on one single website. Yeah. And you had to go to that yeah, website and you and look. natively typed it in in your browser. Yeah, Wasn't yeah, being yeah, linked yeah, to yeah, you through a promoted thing. Like it the was the link was not yeah. in bio. The link was not it in was bio. An, it was an elective yeah. discovery that you made on your own. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I would look at those photos as a, you know, auxiliary participant. You know, I would come to LA, I would go to Jason's party and, you know, whatever. As but a culture like, vulture gatekeeper, it's you have to do those things, right? You have to. But it was, yeah, you would look at that to be like, what's good? Like, you know, who, what's going on? And like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would tab through 
a thousand photos to find the one of me yeah, of course. and hope it was good enough to put on my uh-huh. MySpace. I mean, <laughs> and the fact that now to do that, you would have to see like an ad for every photo you would view. Yeah, it would just true. be such- yeah, yeah. <laughs> You couldn't be tagged. It was a manual, granular as fuck process. Like, okay, I went out last night. I know Cobra Snake was there. Or maybe it wasn't Cobra Snake. It was someone that you don't know. You're like, it was a guy with a vest and he had a nose ring. Okay, what the fuck sticker was on his camera? Let me find him. I found his MySpace. I found his website. Like, I swear to God, I was hunting for this shit. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. No, no I think that's I think that's really normal. And I think that it's just- That it's, would never happen now. No, it's, no, it's too easy. I mean, the other, the funny thing is like someone like Jason, it's really funny because the, the amount of photos that exist of Jason in every phase of his EDM career <laughs> is, it's unbelievable for me. It's, it's a, it's truly a treasure trove of, of content that, that sh- I, I honestly think will never dry up. <laughs> That's the every, thing. every weight I've ever been is clearly documented <laughs> on, on thousands of websites. God, me too. I mean, it was a very yeah, documented but- era in terms of photos, but then I felt like it was a very under documented and under sort of contextualized, which was why I wanted to do the book. Mm-hmm. Like, all the blogs from the time are basically disappeared. And then we have some, you know, like fact magazine, vice, what have you doing like thousand word recaps. But mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I'm just partial to it. Cause I, I had, I was there at the time, but I was like, I think there's more to say. You're right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think it's important for someone to put kind of a bookend on things like this or otherwise it could just get lost in the ether. Yeah. And like, I, I didn't want it to just be like some people think um, the book is an oral history, meaning like you open it and it's like person name, colon, quote. It's not that it's like yeah, yeah. fully narrative integrated. Like it reads like a book in a different way, which I think allowed me to have a little bit more of an opinion. And like, it's not just about what happened. I think it really is a lot about how what happened then led us to where we are now, like for better and worse. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know, people have been asking me like, you know, could this happen again? And I'm kind of like, well, legally, no online sharing, whatever, like it wouldn't be the same. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird how many photos exist. Yeah. I was actually talking to, to Cobra snake about that because he's got a book coming out as well. Yeah. Um, and a lot of his photos of that era, even though it's, you know, in our lifetime, not that long ago, but it was also, you know, time and woke culture and, you know, everything has really hyper advanced very quickly in the last few years. So, you know, he, he might be wondering like, hey, like, you know, what is up with these photos now where it was like, mm, like, where's the line of what to include? Yeah, just like, you know, here's, you know, Steve Aoki pouring vodka down some fan's throat where, you know, it's all kind of good fun. And it's a consensual party act between all, fa- you know, all parties or LMFAO, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing the same. That's interesting. Yeah. No, <laughs> you have a photo of you and like I was 19 when this happened and I was underage. And yeah, yeah. And now it's kind of like, ooh, like, is this? No, I was I was talking about that with Nylon because people are asking me like, you know, what wasn't good about this. And by no means am I like, everything was perfect. And it was so fun. Like I had a great time. (laughs) I was, you know, 16 to 21 years old. So if anything shady was happening, it was happening to me. (laughs) Um, So I didn't, I wasn't as aware of it at the time. (laughs) Um, But no, I look at these, like, you know, in all seriousness, like I do look at some evidence of this and I'm like, oh, wow. Like Mm -hmm. this was not only happening, but being photographed and being adored and distributed at a crazy scale instead of now would be like delete that 
let alone yeah. don't have done it, but also delete that. And here's a photo of you. Here's a photo of you where you're doing something that you probably are looking at now in your hungover stupor. Like, Ugh, what did I do? These are all photos that are being posted sort of without consent, you know? And yeah. And nowadays, everyone is so conscious of where these photos of themselves are going to end up on. And they're very meticulous with how everything is manicured and how it looks and controlling their image. No one was controlling shit. That was not happening back then. No, no, no. The control, the control was in, in Mark's hands, which is insane. It was you like, you know, when it. you walk into a place and they have those signs like we're filming this for a show. So anything you, <laughs> yeah, have, you yeah, do yeah. might be filmed. It was basically that. Yeah. Vice was the king of doing that, which I guess in hindsight. Yeah. We call that a blanket release yeah. in the biz. You know what I mean. We we put a three by five cardboard on the on the on the handicap stall <laughs> yeah, in the, the restroom, door. so this is legally binding. Oh my god! I mean, but I do I do think it is the the, the whole thing. You mentioned the Hollywood portion earlier, and and I think that the, the the nightclub, like the bottle service nightclubs, and like the grimier, it all was the same kind of. You know what I mean? Like you could hear the same music at every. Yeah, place. there's like a Venn diagram that was very fucking weird. <laughs> like this music was being played out at like a yeah. beautiful club with celebrities, but like it was something that that person made that afternoon, and then. I chatted to someone else mm -hmm. and Lindsay Lohan is yeah. now like being photographed in association with it. Like that's crazy. Not, not Lindsay Lohan leaving the club with one of the bag writers. <laughs> you know, that's, that's that, that, that would yeah. send me over just, the edge. She was leaving you know the I mean? club with just the bag, but the bag was, <laughs> the bag was very empty. The bag was very empty. You mean Chanel? You no, mean Chanel? Oh, you mean, mean oh, Chanel. plastic, plastic. It had been rated. Oh, I understand. Like the same bag yeah, I was right. using earlier. Precisely. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, for, unfortunately for me, Lohan and I have never shared a bag of cocaine in any nightclubs, which is something I would love to change. But uh, you know, not yet. Well, she she's you know now she's engaged to a guy from Dubai who has two thousand followers on Instagram <laughs> and probably can't do coke. You yeah, know what I mean, legally. I love that the reason is only on her, not that you're a sober king. <laughs> <laughs> it's well i mean look there we, we all have our triggers and you know if i heard lcd sound system in a nightclub with Lindsay lohan and and you and jason you know happened to pull out a bag of coke i would have to be tackled <laughs> i would have to be tackled does anybody have eyes on chris is what would be <laughs> echoed through the hallways yeah jason would talk jason would talk into his earpiece if we do anybody have eyes on chris we need chris out of here right now take oh chris God. out of here right now <laughs> yeah i mean i also think nightclubs are just kind of it's it's it's, it's yeah. over. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's just, it feels over. It's either Vegas or like one corny bottle service place in every city, or it's a bar. I don't think I th that. I think it's in still. I think in this. London, in Europe, it's still it's still a thing yeah, because yeah. they have sort of been doing club life correctly yeah. for for decades before we Forever. ever figured it out and put Facts. one in Tacoma or whatever. But it's still like when I was in Vegas seeing Diplo, I was walking around and I was like. This is embarrassing to be in this club with 2,000 people who are just the worst humans, you know? Like yeah, it's like the highlight of their year. This was like we were going on a Monday like it was nothing. I was just talking to my boyfriend about that. I was like, I feel like, and this is something in the book as well. Like, sure, there's club nights now, but they're all ticketed. It's like it will sell out. It has a headliner yeah, yeah, or yeah. the event has like, mm. for example, something like Rhonda is like mm -hmm. a, maybe a middle ground. Like it has the brand, a club called Rhonda, and then it has the headliners, which range from, you know, their usual residents to some big people and the party. You trust Rhonda if you're a fan, 
to have curated good shit. But usually I feel like most stuff is either a bar that has a DJ that's like whoever. It could be fun. Frankly, that's my preference at this point. Just like listen to some rando play rap at a Silver Lake bar where the drinks are cheap. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to like a ticketed event, whether it's underground warehouse or in Hollywood to see someone from Europe. Like there is no in between. It's still fucking it's ticketed. ticketed. Either way. And you yeah, have to commit way. in advance and it's promoted in this different way. Like all of these promoters were talking to me and they were like, yeah, my club was, ki- my party night was killing it. They weren't even calling it a club, even if it was in a club, my party night was killing it. And then insomnia, golden voice, what have you come in and they start overbidding on the same acts for a ticketed night announced 60 days in advance. And now I can't even compete with that. And my night died. And that's a big part of this too. Damn. Yeah. That, and yeah, it, it, sure. it really takes the fun out of like true club life of just like everyone's hanging out at someone's house and be like, Oh, I kind of feel like going out and you can have a sporadic moment and like, Oh, let's go over here. I know the door guy. I'll be able to get in. And that doesn't happen anymore. Now the door guy is just some you know, like piece of shit security guard yeah. checking checking your QR code from Ticketmaster for your thirty seven dollar mm-hmm. ticket that you bought four months ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's you know all that sauce, all that magic is gone. It's sort of the same thing for you know that's why movie theaters are are dead. It used to be like oh you know this I want to go see a movie. You open up the newspaper and you're like oh let's just go jurassic parks playing eight o'clock let's go check it out and now it's like well you know we have to the all the good seats are taken and the parking validation and yeah this 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 and it's it's all so premeditated that it's it's hard to really enjoy anymore totally and like i hate feeling like oh i sound so old and nostalgic for everything but the specifically the club nights i've really been thinking about that like tonight i'm having the launch party for the book at the friend bar in silver lake djs from the book are going to play it's free it's what it's going to be chill. There's no list, but like that, even the friend does do some cool things like Mike B owns it. But this to me even feels like something that wouldn't usually happen on a Tuesday. Definitely not. So I, I do really miss that because I don't like planning that far in advance. And frankly, the audience that comes with that, it's like people who plan it around their birthday, their bachelorette, their boys night out. And that just creates yeah. this vibe that I don't really people want. People don't want. That's the Vegas vibe. Even if it's a boys night, out, even if me and Jason are going to the local sports bar, you know, for a fellas night. You know, and then it ends up. Does in a that club. happen? I, no, I think no, a lot. No, definitely I think, not. <laughs> I think maybe uh, uh, another big reason for for that sort of magic to go away is is sort of the lack of the door guy. I see there's there's another podcast called Ion Pack, and they they DJ and throw parties as well, mm. and they'll have a similar vibe where it's like you know a bunch of friends playing, and it's just like a you know sweaty debaucherous kind of DJ party. And it'll just say on the on the invite, just like, you know, doors are at nine, come right at nine o'clock. The guest list can't save you. Mm-hmm. When we hit capacity, we hit capacity and that's it. And that was that's sort of the antithesis of the way it was before. Like nobody cool would like the party would start at 10. It would go until two. This is just an L.A. time mm-hmm. in New York. It was four and other places later. But like. If you showed up to a party at nine o'clock or ten o'clock, you're a fucking loser. Like you were watching them jeans. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like but you, no, totally. you have to. Like everyone, cool. All the celebs, all the hot it girls, everyone. You know, you show up at twelve thirty, and you know, and that's it. You you party for an hour. You walk right in because the door guy lets you in. Yeah. There's no ticket. There's no presale. There's no any of that shit. There's no door person there. To be like, oh, this person is cool. It has nothing to do with are you hot or or whatever. It's just like, oh, are, do you have good vibes? Not to say a terrible sentence. But no, I know what you're if saying. You ha- if you have them, like, hey, you guys look cool. You guys look like you're just here to dance and have a good time. 
come on into this party. Yeah. Like, and that doesn't happen anymore. People think, oh, I mean, and I'm sure this does and still happens a lot. Sometimes the like at doorman discretion can be something where people are like discriminating and being shady and like, you know, that absolutely does happen. But I do think there, I would like to think that this was not that style of door. And I really loved that about it. Yeah. That was the whole, that was my whole philosophy is it went from the door guy discrepancy was you're getting in if you're hot and you're standing out in line all day if you're fat and ugly. And I was like, you know, that doesn't make a good party because hot people are usually boring. (laughs) (laughs) Don't not on this podcast. You're not going to come. So so it's it's more, you know, it was, it was, it was vibes only. It'd be like, you you know, come on in. If, if I think you are a nice person and you're going to have a respectful, you know, fun night here and you love the music and you know, you really want to be here and you're going to do a good job at being a guest in this party come on in and and no, that doesn't really happen at all anymore when you go to a club it's just some guy you know with his earpiece on listening to music and just like i do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay okay <laughs> i think honestly i think honestly it yeah, might happen in yeah. it, hap- it happens bit, more so. in new york but it's still you know the a, a door person is is the door a good person's door person name is hard used to, find. to be on the flyer sometimes like let me take you down that yeah that's like, true like, that's true i remember it was such a goal of mine to become a regular at these places mm-hmm. the way you would be a regular at a bar where like the door, I was not some popping it girl by any means, but I was like, Oh, I come here every week. You remember me. And we have this rapport because you know, I'm a dedicated attendee of this thing or like the photographer. Again, I was not Corey Kennedy to the Cobra snake, but like I would see the same photographers every week. I would say hi to them, get my pics. I had a relationship with like all of these employees of these nights and we were all just having a fun time together because it really did feel like the same 200 people sifting between all of these parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it was much bigger, yeah, for I would sure. love seeing for the familiar sure. faces. Even if I never spoke to them, I'd be like, that's that guy with the fedora. That's that girl <laughs> with the bangs. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that your cheers is is. It really know, was. Uh, it really was. It was no, fun. I get that. I get that. <laughs> Lena, well, thank you for taking the time to to go down yeah, memory lane so with much. us. Obviously, uh, a subject that we had a lot to chew on. And yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. And guys, the the book is called Never Be Alone Again: How Bloghouse United the Internet and the Dance Floor. You can get that wherever books are sold. Um, I, I imagine is that true? Um, yeah, the supply chain is kind of killing me, but yeah. You you can get it at stores. Um, you can get it on Amazon. You can come to the New York panel I'm doing with the founder of Hype Machine. Um, but yeah, you can find it. Find it where you nice. where you find books. And if you don't read, this can be your book of 2022. There you go. And and people <laughs> and uh, where can they follow you on on Instagram and Twitter and stuff? Yeah, so I'm retired from Twitter, but I'm on Instagram at Lena Loves It L I N A. Yeah, if you if you at me, I will send you something from my iTunes library. The Waka Flocka Avicii mashup I talk about in the book. (laughs) There's a mashup in the book where I'm like, this is hiding in my iTunes library. I'll never get rid of it. It's like the way people keep a photo of their grandma or something. (laughs) That's fire. That's so good. Avicii Waka Flocka. All right. Lena, thank you. That's a great one. Send that to Jason so he can put that on the end of the episode. We need that. We need that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you guys go cop the book and we'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. Thank you.
that fit this fat so fucking well. I'm trying to hit the whole cell with two girls that's wild. Say they did while I swallow. Hey, Moscato got a freaky. Hey, you got me in the trends. Please take off your pants. Put some pop on the hands. Then you got me sweating. Please pass me your back. Damn.